You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce Dubriga. I'm editor of the Chicago Catholic, which is the newspaper for the Archdiocese. And this is where we go beyond the headlines to meet the people that are making the news in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And um, before we get into today's guest and the topic, I wanted to just uh, give a shout out to our coverage on uh, Ukraine and what's been going on around the Archdiocese. It's been phenomenal to see. The, the parishes and the schools rallying around um, the not only the some of the Ukrainian refugees that are coming in, but also rallying around <clears throat> generating support, excuse me, for the Ukrainian refugees. We have three different parishes, for example, who've raised over $150,000 total for the refugees in Ukraine. Two of the pastors are Polish, so they've been in touch with Catholic Charities in their home diocese, so the money will go right there. They're also sending medical supplies, so it's really phenomenal. If you go to chicagocatholic.com, you can see these stories. You can also subscribe. We're $25 a year, and you can also sign up for our free e-newsletters. So now today, I'm excited to have uh, Becca Sire. She's the Director of Campus Ministry from the at the uh, St. John Paul II Newman Center at the University of Chicago, University of Illinois, Chicago, apologies. And they just finished a renovation on their chapel, which is part of a bigger renovation of the Newman Center, which hadn't been renovated in a long time. And it really ties into their evangelization efforts to reach out and bring Jesus closer to, and the college students closer to Jesus. So welcome, Becca. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So maybe there might be some listeners out there, or hope those who are watching this on YouTube, who might not know what a Newman Center is. Can you explain that for us? Sure. So Newman Centers really stem from St. John Henry Newman's vision to have a Catholic presence on a secular institution. Um, and so they're all over the world, especially in this country, on different secular institutions as a space for one, just Catholic community. So the Catholic students on campus can come and learn and grow in their own faith. Um, and yeah, just have this space to continue growing and learning about their, their faith that they're saying yes to. But also it's this opportunity for non-Catholics to come and experience community and potentially have an encounter with the Lord um, through community, through different you know formational opportunities um, and so we're really blessed to be here at UIC um, to be able to do that with the students here. Yeah, we had I went to Penn State and we had one on Penn State's campus. Yeah, they really are um, wonderful resources, you know, in evangelization um, efforts for the the church. So can you give us a little bit of history on the renovation? It started with um, the kind of the, the meeting, the gathering space and turned it into one part of a coffee shop, which is really neat, and, and the other part is a student center. Can you tell us about that? Sure, yeah. So this building itself has existed here since 1980. Um, and so the past few years, we've noticed that 
it was kind of dating itself um, having yeah. existed since then. So a big renovation was just ripping up all the carpet, putting really nice flooring, painting. We had actually all the seminarians in the Archdiocese of Chicago came and had a big service day where they were here helping us with a lot of the, you know, little renovations such as painting and such. Oh, wow. Um, so that kind of led into Father Connor Danstrom. He's our chaplain and director here. He had this vision. He'd been seeing it at a few different Newman centers around the country of opening a coffee shop. We had this huge lounge space. It didn't really have any definition. And so he said, how about we kind of section off the lounge and create a coffee shop here um, with the bigger vision of having this really almost secular space that students can come no matter if they're Catholic or not have a really good cup of coffee and potentially have a really good conversation with someone that could lead to a deeper, you know, longing for getting involved in this community or learning more about the faith. Um, and so that was a really big renovation is just creating that coffee shop here, um, which of course there was a lot of details with that. Obviously the aesthetic piece of getting really nice tables. We had a former coworker of ours, um, her son does woodworking. So all of the tables in that in the shop now are handcrafted, which is really, really beautiful. Um, so we were just creating this really beautiful space. We bought an espresso machine. We taught students how to be baristas, um, got all the kind of logistical pieces of running a coffee shop down, and then we needed the people. So we were able to kind of, by word of mouth, share about this coffee shop and the students love it. They walk in, they're like, this is a really cool space. Um, so one, they want to bring their students, they want to bring, or the students want to bring their friends. Um, to come and do, I know a lot of group projects happen here. We have some smaller study space, study rooms that they can do their group projects and everything. So they're meeting here with their fellow peers. Um, they're enjoying a cup of coffee, having meetings, having one-on-ones here. They're bringing their lunch and having it here. Uh, we have professors on campus that come and bring their colleagues here to get a cup of coffee in the middle of the day. So it really is serving this UIC community. Um, and what's really beautiful is that we do have non-Catholics coming. Like actually any given day I'll walk in there and about half the room, I either don't know, or I know that they're not Catholic, which is just so cool to see that they're feeling welcome in this space and can come and try it, kind of come and see. Um, and then potentially, you know, through really good hospitality, through a good cup of coffee, through these conversations, we can invite them into something deeper. And the opposite end of the lounge, so like I said, we sectioned it off. We have this quiet study space for our students. So a lot of students will just come and they just need a place to either take an online test or study, but there's not a lot of quiet study space on campus. So they're able to come and have that space. Um, again, another form of hospitality for us is we're able to offer that for them. Um, and then eventually maybe they'll head over to the coffee shop to get some refreshments during the day. Um, but that leads to this greater renovation of the chapel. Again, with it, this building being 1980, we wanted to just give these students kind of a hidden gem on campus to have this really beautiful space for them to come and just be with the Lord and pray. And a lot of students will just pop in there. You know, some, most of them are coming to our daily mass, which is really awesome. But a lot of them will just pop in like either, either right after class or right before an exam. They're going to come say a little prayer before right. they go take yeah. their test. And it's just really cool to see that happening here. Well, we're going to take a quick break right now, and then I want to come back and we can talk about some of the details in the chapel. It's really, really pretty, and I've been there um, several times over the years, so when I heard about this renovation, I was super excited because it was long overdue. So we'll be right back to, from Beyond the Headlines. Thank you.
Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible, free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back to Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce Deriga. I'm editor of the Chicago Catholic, and this is where we take a look beyond the headlines um, to the people who are making the news in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So today we're talking to Becca Steyer, who's the director of campus ministry at the St. John Paul II Newman Center at the University of Illinois at Chicago. So they just um, renovated their chapel there, which was a little dated, and it um, in an effort to elevate the worship that uh, these students are having on campus. And before we get into Becca, Becca's going to share with us some of the details of, of what's been done. I want to share a quote from Father Connor Danstrom, who's the director of the, the Newman Center, about some comments that he heard from the students about the effects of the renovations. He says, um, my favorite comments so far have been one young man said, Father, every Mass here is like a premium Mass now. Even daily Masses feel like Sunday Masses, he said. And this one young lady said, it's like I want to go to Mass because it's like practicing on a grand piano. Mm -hmm. He said, that was my dream, Father Connor mm -hmm. said, to give the experience that I had to the kids here at UIC. I think that will bear fruit. So are you seeing that, Becca? I, I, when we were there talking to some of the students, they said you, there's a different energy now of uh, the worship in the chapel. Yes, definitely. I mean, even just myself as a staff member, just walking into that space, it kind of takes your breath away because you step in, you're like, 
whoa, there, this is really beautiful, you know? Um, like I said, it's kind of a hidden gem on campus. Um, so we see that with our students. They walk in and especially if they've seen it for the first time, they're like, this is really beautiful. There's something here. And I know, like I was saying earlier, a lot of students will just pop in there throughout the day uh, to just say hi to the Lord and to spend time with him. And they have this desire to be in there and to spend time with him. Um, the biggest thing was that, you know, we ripped off the carpet. It was kind of almost 40 year old carpet in there and we replaced it with beautiful marble flooring. Um, we have pews that were actually from a church in Bridgeport that were over, it was almost a hundred years old, but we refurbished those, put them in, got new kneelers. Um, we have this gorgeous crucifix that was hand done for us um, in Germany. It's just really beautiful tabernacle. There's stenciling on the back wall. We have this beautiful retoros, wooden retoros in there. Um, it just it really does take your breath away. Um, but yeah, and the stenciling in the back, just to kind of give a little detail, um, there's elements of the crest of St. John Paul II and also St. John Henry Newman. So our two patron saints here at the Newman Center and particularly St. John Paul II Newman Center, we were able to take parts of the crest and um, we had this wonderful um, man who literally stenciled it himself um, there. And it's just, it's truly beautiful. If you get an opportunity to come by and check it out, I really encourage you to do so because it will take your breath away. It is a hidden gem on this campus that our students get to experience every single day. And we're just incredibly blessed. I think we take it, take it for granted often, um, but to just go in there, it just, it, it sets that stage for a potential encounter with Christ because you just walk in and automatically you are ready um, to have that conversation just to sit in the presence of the Lord. So it truly is really beautiful. And Cardinal Supich dedicated it in January. He did, yes. And and even when he was here, he I think he said something to Father Connor like, wow, your students are really, I don't remember the word he used, but he could just tell that there was this air of devotion, this air of, um, I don't, I, like, I can't even explain it. They just, they get it. They are ready. They, it's like they're sponges. They just want to absorb everything they possibly can um, and soak it up all this time that they get to spend with the Lord in different ways. Um, but it, there's something here. It's, it's really beautiful to be here, to experience that every single day. But our students are so special and I love them so much. It's amazing. Well, that's, it's an interesting age group, right? And not everybody goes to college, but often when you're in college, you're on your own for the first time and a or, well, USC is a, more of a community campus, but still, you're going through more becoming an adult. And, you know, what are, um, are there typical questions that the, the students ask? Is there um, things that they're typically struggling with or what challenges they might have facing, you know, the, their faith journeys? Yeah, I think for these students in particular, yeah, like you were saying, it's a primarily commuter campus. They're kind of in this you know, they're trying to find their independence, but they're also living at home. So they want to claim their faith as their own and, and start to explore that. Uh, but also they're being told what they have to do when they're at home with their parents. Um, but for our students, I think, and I think this is pretty indicative of most college students, they just want to be seen, known, and loved. And, and we're able to kind of offer that to them through our faith um, in different ways. But a lot of them are struggling with that because they either don't feel seen, they don't feel heard, they don't feel known, they don't feel loved. And so they're coming to us with, how can I get that? How can I be authentically myself without being judged? How can I, 
you know, uh, live out my faith, if someone has said yes to having Christ the center of their life, how can I authentically live out my faith in a world that's telling me to reject it every single day? Or being on a secular campus, how can I authentically be myself as a Catholic Christian when, yeah, I'm seeing Christ crucified in a variety of different ways um, among my peers, among my family. So we're just helping them when we're investing in them um, and accompanying them. They help us as much as we're helping them. We're both on this journey together. Um, but to give them the space to ask these hard questions, to dive into deep teachings of the faith. I mean, we do a Catholicism 101 series every other week where we're unpacking different elements of the Catholic faith. These, you know, basic tenets that we think are obvious that everyone should know, but these students are like, I actually don't know about that. I don't know that Christ is truly present in the Eucharist. I don't know why we have such a high devotion to Mary. I don't know why morality is hard for us. So we're able to kind of, you know, have these really authentic conversations um, around these basic elements of the church teaching to really give them the tools that they can defend the faith um, among their peers and among their families. That's amazing. How are how do you do that? There are just different ways. But if you could share what kind of programming you have. And I know one of the things, Father Connor, I'm looking at the story here, was he said about, you know, the larger evangelization effort of the center is to um, help students encounter Christ. And he said in many ways that's mm-hmm. done by, you know, being kind and hospitable, having worship nights where the music is well done, preaching well-thought-out homilies, having good retreats, to name a few, is what he said in why, why is that important? You know, we, we've talked about that with Renew My Church and evangelization efforts. You have to have good, beautiful, you know, liturgies. You have to be um, welcoming. You have to be kind. You have to. Can you share a little bit of your thoughts on that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes to the three transcendentals, um, beauty, truth and goodness. And I think, like I was saying, everyone desires to be known, heard, loved and that's the easiest way that we can experience that because that's God's gift to us, that he reveals himself to us through beauty, truth, and goodness. I think for our students in particular, they have a pretty good BS meter. So they can kind of see through inauthentic um, anything. And I think, especially with hospitality, like if they come in knowing that we're seeing them as a project and we're seeing them as, you know, someone to be converted, they're going to notice that and they're not going to see the, like, they're going to see it as inauthentic. Um, But for them to come in and we can just love them simply because they are sons and daughters of the Lord, that's authentic. And we're able to have this like true encounter with Christ through others, um, through these different ways. So yeah, we have a variety of different programming, a big you know, component of our ministry is that we want to have different entry points for people based on where they are in their spiritual journey. So we kind of call it the win, build, send method. Um, So we'll have events that are kind of win events. So very low threshold. Usually it's big parties. Like we'll have a parking lot party. We give out free hot dogs the first day of class. Um, We'll have coffee house, which is one of our biggest events where it's kind of an open mic, a talent show here at the Newman Center, um, just for students to come and showcase their talent, which are incredibly talented. But we pack the room for those events because they're fun. And it's just this authentic community that's happening here. Um, But then we'll have more build events. So our Bible studies, we have weekly Bible studies, men's and women's, um, for students to come and just unpack scripture together and grow in community together to ask these hard questions that they're wrestling with um, and have a safe space to do that and be vulnerable with one another. 
we'll do adoration nights. We'll have these Catholicism 101 series, um, retreats, et cetera, just these opportunities to build these students up um, in their search for truth and their desire to grow closer to the Lord. And then we send them out. We send them out to be missionary disciples on campus. So we're giving them, you know, intentional investment, um, discipleship trainings that they do feel empowered and equipped to be able to go and, uh, yeah, evangelize their peers in a variety of different ways. So we, like I said, we offer a variety of different things throughout that spectrum, knowing that if we only focused on the win, we wouldn't have anything to invite them to next. If we only focused on the send, they're not going to feel equipped to go out, um, because they haven't had this build opportunity. So really it's, spreading out our events throughout all these different um, points of the evangelization spectrum so that we can truly accompany people based on where they're coming from when they enter into our space. That's tremendous. And I just, I didn't realize Father Connor plays the saxophone. Was that him? You were, <laughs> he does, were... He's very talented. He writes his own music. He's actually on Spotify. So if you oh want to check him out, he, yeah, he does. He's very, very talented. So guitar is kind of his main thing, but he also plays the saxophone. So that was a picture from our coffee house event where he partnered with a student and a student wanted to sing. So they did kind of a jazz ensemble. It was amazing. It was really fun. For those of who are on the radio, we also do this on YouTube. So we've got photos going in the background and some video. And I just saw one of Father Connor playing the the director playing the saxophone so we're going to take one more quick break and we'll be right back with becca sire thanks stay tuned Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, continue to excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who have remained open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that meals are available for those experiencing hunger. To our service coordinators and our professional counselors who continue their vital work in innovative ways. To our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do and we salute you. Welcome back to Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce DeRiga. I'm editor of the Chicago Catholic, and this is where we take a closer look at those people making the news um, that we cover in the Chicago Catholic. And I would like to encourage everyone to go to chicagocatholic.com. You can keep updated on our coverage of Ukraine. There's lots going on in the archdiocese, in parishes and schools to support uh, the people of Ukraine and the people in Poland who are, are um, taking in a lot of the refugees. 
So uh, go to ChicagoCatholic.com. You can sign up and support our ministry by getting a subscription for $25 a year. You can also sign up for our free e-newsletter and follow us on social media. So we have about five minutes left, and we're talking to Becca Sire from the uh, university. Pardon me. She's the director of campus ministry for the St. John Paul II Newman Center at the University of Illinois, Chicago. That's a long title. And Becca, you know, in the last couple minutes here, you're very enthusiastic, and I'm always interested in how people get inspired into this ministry. Can you share a little bit about your journey? Did you have the similar experience that you're trying to share with the college students um, when you were in college, or were you always on fire for your faith? <laughs> it's a great question. I'll try to go really quickly with it because it's a long, longer story. But yeah, I've always, I really have to give credit to my parents because they were so incredible in raising me and my brother and just kind of instilling this desire to have Christ at the center of our life. Like mass was never an option. We were always there um, taking advantage of different retreat opportunities, youth group experiences, all that. So I knew going into college, I, I was very into my faith. I knew I wanted to continue growing in that. I found a community that had, we didn't have a Newman Center, but we had a good, strong Catholic campus ministry presence. And so through that, through participating in that, I was able to grow as a leader because I got to take on leadership roles, um, helping run the ministry, and then just being able to take advantage of different retreat opportunities, leading a Bible study, et cetera. So I always knew it was important. Where it came um, to fruition for me in terms of coming into this job, I did not enter college thinking I'd be working in campus ministry. I was looking into pharmacy school. And so I came in pursuing a bachelor's of science in biochemistry. And then I think it was the end of my junior year, I started prepping for pharmacy school interviews. And the number one question was, why do you want to be a pharmacist? And I kind of froze. I didn't have an answer. And I think it was the first time in my life that I ever realized that I needed to bring the Lord into that conversation. Uh If I was truly putting him at the center of my life, why was I not putting him at the center of my ultimate discernment, my vocation? And so it was, again, kind of long story short, I did a 54-day rosary novena. Through that prayer, very intentional prayer, I had it revealed to me that the Lord wanted me to follow him and to continue this really journey of of becoming someone in ministry. And so I did a 180. I finished my my bachelor's and entered into grad school to get a master's in theology. And it was this really intense feeling of peace. Um, which I tell my students, if you're truly discerning something and it's what the Lord wants, you're going to feel this feeling of peace. This is ultimate surrender. And it's just, it's incredible feeling. So for me, it is a joy. My students make fun of me because I always am saying, I love my job. I love my job. It truly is an amazing job. Um, to get to be here, to accompany these students, to have fun with them, uh, to just experience life with them. But for me, it was just this feeling of ultimate surrender. The Lord was like, come follow me. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And it has been a joy ever since, especially here at this community. Um, I've been here about five years now, and it has just been a joy to watch these students grow and to love them and for them to love me and for us to just, yeah, strive for sainthood together. That's our ultimate goal is to get to heaven and we're doing it together here in this space. And it's just really beautiful. Oh, praise Jesus. Thank you for sharing that. And so we've been talking to Becca Sire from the, uh, it's a long title. It's director of campus ministry, <laughs> the St. John Paul II Newman Center at the University of Illinois at Chicago. We've been talking about the renovations that have been going on there at the new Newman Center and how They've been elevating the not only the worship, but the encounter with Christ for the students on campus. And 
one last time, please go to chicagocatholic.com and check out our stories. Cardinal Supich is always writing something that we're talking about the Pope and what we share what he says. And you can sign up for a subscription for $25 and you can follow us on social media or our e-newsletter. So thanks again, Becca, for coming here. And I'm Joyce Deriga. This is Beyond the Headlines. And join us next time and have a gentle and joy-filled day. Take care.